precious memories unseen angels sent from somewhere to my soul how they
anytime y'all want to repeat that performance, y'all just come on and do it. I'm telling you what, that's good. Precious memories. <laughs> this morning before the service, uh, we, we were talking about some memories. Uh, Brother Keith, Miss Rena, we, we were talking about old football memories. They weren't precious. <laughs> um, I graduated high school at Enterprise High School in 1983. The last time I played football was in 1982. We had 14 members of our team, and I, I told Brother Keith that uh, we, we went 0-10 that year. 0-10. Every everybody beat us by 30 points that year, and that was just the first half. We got beat up more regular. I mean, it was, uh, it was something. We had, we had a, we tried, bless our hearts. That's all you can say. Um, folks, this morning, take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 10. I'm not going to dwell on the, the bad uh, memories. We're going to rejoice in the Lord this, this morning because of how good He is to us and where He has brought us from. We might have been on a losing team at some point in time, but if you have Jesus, you are a victor in Christ. You are an overcomer in the Lord. This morning, the this message that we are going to be looking at coming from John chapter 10 is all about the Lord being our shepherd. So the title of the message this morning is, The Lord is My Shepherd. That may sound familiar to you because that comes from Psalm 23. Begins This psalm begins that way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, the Lord Jesus is the one who protects us. He's the one who guides us. He's the one who leads us. He's the one who provides for us all the things that we need. So in the passage of Scripture this morning, He is discussing before those um, that have gathered around since he, he cured the blindness of the blind man. He gave him back his sight. Of course, a great crowd was there, and Pharisees were there, and disciples were there, and he began teaching them about who he was. So this morning, we want to consider in our lives who Jesus is to us. So as we go through God's Word this morning, Think about who He is to you. Are you accepting of the roles that He desires for you, but the role that you should put Him in? This morning, you know that the old bumper sticker says, God is my co-pilot. And then they came out with another one that said, if God is your co-pilot, then you're in the wrong seat. And that's the truth. Uh, we aren't even, we shouldn't even be in the navigator's seat. If God's the pilot, we should just be a passenger and allowing God to lead us and direct us in every way. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's begin. We're going to read the first 20, 21 verses of chapter 10, discussing with Jesus. He says, I am the good shepherd. So let's read God's word together this morning. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. 
But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers." Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which He spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before Me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by Me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives His life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This morning, consider whether the Lord is your shepherd. Let's pray together again, please. Father, again we bow before you, asking for your illumination on your word. We pray that the Holy Spirit will be teaching us and, and opening these words up to us, helping us to understand what Jesus was, was speaking and how we can apply it to our lives today. Father, I pray that we will seek You, knowing that You know all things and that we are finite. We don't understand. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But Father, You do. Help us to understand that You lead us in the ways that are best for us so that we can prosper and we can be a part of Your kingdom we can be a part of your love and watch care. So Father, help us to devote ourselves to you, following you, and keeping your word. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know the, the psalm starts that way. Psalm 23. And Jesus, I'm sure the words that Jesus was speaking to these folks at that time brought that to mind. They were thinking about the, 
the writing of King David, or David before he became king, about being a shepherd. The experiences that he had. What's it like being a sheep? Well, we are a lot more like them than what you realize. Sheep are dumb. I, I, you know, I, I hesitate to say that. But they are. You know, and we've got a lot of the characteristics because, you know, sheep, they have no natural defenses and they usually run headlong into trouble and, or into danger and all those things. And if we take a good look at ourselves, you know, we do the same things. We know what the Lord says and we know what the Lord requires of us and yet we run headlong in the opposite direction most of the time. And then when we get in trouble and we get caught or we're... Uh, we're trapped by the, the evil one or the enemy, and then the next thing you know, we're stopping and looking for our shepherd. We're looking for the one who can help us. But if we had listened to him to start with, we wouldn't be in the trouble that we are in. In the first part of chapter 10, Jesus, to me, this is the idea that Jesus was putting forth, that he, the shepherd is our guide. He is our guide. He's, he's the one who knows the terrain. He's the one that knows... The shepherd was in charge of the sheep. It was his job to provide for them whatever they needed, so he had a plan. You see, he knew where the best grass was. He knew where the best watering holes were. He knew where the bad pastures were, so he would avoid those with his sheep. So he guides the sheep because he knows the path. He knows the best way. He knows where good food is. He knows where plenty of water is, so he leads his sheep in that direction. Jesus has shown us the path. In Psalm 23, the, the Scripture says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Thinking about that for just a moment. If you had a herd of cows, let's just say you're a rancher, you're a farmer, or you've got a bunch of cows, and somebody comes out there and looks at your cows, and you've got, let's just say you've got a hundred cows out there, and then they look across your fields and all they see is bags of bones and ill-taken-care-of animals. And then they'll look at you, and they'll say, you're not a very good farmer. You're not a very good rancher because your cows are malnourished. They, they, they're not taken care of. All of those things. Now listen to what David said about the shepherd. He said, he's the one that shows us where all of the good pastures are. He leads us beside still water so the waters will run deep and there will be plenty of it. And you see, the idea of it is, is when people see his flock, when people see the good shepherd's sheep, they will understand that he's the good shepherd because of how well taken care of the sheep are. How healthy, well fed, well watered. No, no sores, no injuries, no, no harm has come to them. So looking at the sheep will help you to know what kind of shepherd there are, there is, or he is. But think about this. 
Some sheep will not follow the shepherd. There's usually one in the, in the, the, the herd that is more obedient than the rest, and they call that the bellwether sheep. That's the one that the, the shepherd will put a, put a bell on that the others can kind of keep track of and follow. But there's always going to be one who's going to buck the system. There's going to be one who don't want to stay in the fence. There's going to be one that's going to seek to run off and not stay with the crowd. And you know what happens with that one? A good shepherd will cull that one from the flock so that none of the other flocks, none of the other sheep in the flock will learn to do those bad things. Now, I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to cull you from the flock. All right, some of you look worried. <laughs> it's okay, Charlie. We'll, I mean, you're you're good. All right. But that's what the father does. That's what the good shepherd does. The good shepherd will take a, a ill-mannered sheep out of the flock so that the herd or the the rest of the flock is not hurt by that one. Because he's a good shepherd, he knows what's best. Now, he guides in the paths of righteousness. We want to look at that for just a minute. As Jesus was talking uh, there about being the sheep uh, or, or the shepherd, he says, they follow the shepherd. The sheep follow the shepherd. They hear his voice and they know his voice and they follow him. They don't follow a, a stranger who has a different voice or leads in a different way. They seek out the one shepherd and follow him. Jesus says in verse 4, and when He brings out His own sheep, He goes before them, and the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. I had a conversation with a young man this week. He is wayward, I will say that. Occasionally, he comes in and out of our area. As far as I know, he's homeless I'm not I'm not positive but I think he you know and and he's a friend of mine because he's come by a lot of times we've had a lot of long conversations at one point in the past he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior and he was baptized and I praise the Lord for that you know and during our conversation this week he says you know he said I think God's mad at me and I said, well, why is that? He said, because I, I don't hear from him anymore. And I said, well, now let me, let me ask you something. I said, I heard a preacher a long time say something like this, that if you haven't heard from God lately, you need to go back to the last time that he spoke to you and be obedient to what he said. He said, most likely, disobedience has caused God to break off communication because you weren't obedient to what the last thing he says, so he's not communicating anymore to you until you are obedient to the last command that he gave you. And he sat there for a minute, silently, and he says, you know what? I needed to hear that. And I said, well, God puts us together at odd times like this, especially when we... I need you or you need me or God is appointing us to come together so that we can help one another. I said, that word didn't come from me, it came from Him. And he said, you know what? That makes perfect sense. 
when the sheep don't listen to the voice of the shepherd, is it the shepherd's fault? No. When there's a hard-headed sheep, sometimes the shepherd will allow the sheep to go his way. And whatever befalls, befalls. And then, if the sheep learns his lesson and comes back to the fold and stays, all the better. But if not, then in the wilderness the sheep will stay. Unprotected, unprovided for. If you're not hearing from the shepherd, go back to the last time you did hear him and make sure that you were following him at that point. He may be he was going in one direction and you may be headed in the other. And the further you get apart, the harder it is to hear the command of the shepherd. Jesus, our great shepherd, is our guide. Going back into John chapter 8, I wrote this down, looking at verse 41. You see, Jesus was talking to the same folks, a lot of the same people that would not listen. You know, a couple of weeks ago we, had a, uh, we talked about uh, those who would not see that were stubbornly blind. The same thing goes for our hearing as well. There's a lot of folks who will not hear the truth. And when they hear the truth, they will not accept it as the truth. They will discard it. They will turn away from it. But listen to what Jesus said in verse 41 of chapter 8. You do the deeds of your Father. Now, understand that He's speaking to the Jews, the the folks who were religious, the, the folks who thought that they were following God. Then they said to him, we, have not, we were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but He sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your Father, the devil, And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Another reason that you may not be hearing from God is because He's not your Father. He's not your God. He's not your shepherd. There's a lot of folks that who are, are play-acting. There's a lot of folks who pretend to be sheep But in truth, they're goats. There's a lot of folks who claim to know God and claim to follow God, but there's no fruit in their life. There's no evidence of them actually being a sheep. You see, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, if we're following Him, He will lead us, He will guide us into the things that bring Him honor and glory in our life. 
So he goes forward. The shepherd is our guide. And then he says in verse 7, 8, and 9, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Jesus was saying that He is the way. You remember the the scripture where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's telling them the only way to worship and serve the Father is through the Son. And He says, I'm the door. I'm the way. I'm the one that you have to come to and go through in order to get to the Father successfully. Everybody else is trying to climb up the other side and get in some other way or go in through some other door. They're thieves and robbers. They don't belong in the sheepfold. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. They are goats pretending to be sheep. They are not of this sheepfold. But Jesus says, I'm the way. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, Jesus said this, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Think about that for a moment now. Compare that to the easy believism that we have that's very prevalent in our world today, saying all you have to do is pray a prayer and you'll be saved. All you have to do is is make this profession, go through the baptismal waters, and everything's okay. That's not what Jesus said. That is nowhere in the Scriptures that says that it's that easy. Every time, Jesus always said, follow me. That means a change of course. A change of direction. That means you leave everything that was previous and you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, if you don't follow me, you're not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. When Jesus was calling his disciples, he was showing them that he was the way. You see, when he went to Peter, Andrew, James, and John, he says, follow me. In Matthew uh, chapter 4, Mark chapter 1, he says the same two words, follow me. He didn't say, all right, look. Let's work out something to where you can come by on the weekends for a couple hours, or maybe one day during the week for 30 minutes or, or an hour, and let's work out a deal to where y'all can be my disciples. That's not what he said. He said, follow me. That means you turn loose of your fishing nets, you get out of the boat, you leave your family, and follow Jesus. That's what it meant for them. It was an invitation to the kingdom work that he had appointed for them. And in essence, what he said, when he said, follow me, in essence, that was a command. It was an invitation, but it was a command. Follow me. If you want to be pleasing unto God, follow me. Now I'm going to go to Luke chapter 9. And I'm going to read that passage of scripture to you. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 62. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. 
Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to them, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. Jesus has told us that He is the way. He's shown us that He is our path. That if we desire to be pleasing to Him, if we desire eternal life, then we must follow Him. Now, what does that look like? That means we take ourselves out of the driver's seat and we get in the back seat. We get, we, we get in the passenger seat. We're not in the co-pilot seat. We're not in that navigator seat. We are passengers in this life following Him. Why, why should we do that? What, what is it that, uh, about the Lord Jesus that, that's going to help us or, or cause us to, to uh, follow Him because He's the way? In verses, in verses 12, 13, and 14, Jesus explains that a little bit. You see, He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives His life for the sheep. Then He says, but a hireling who, does not, uh, who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf scatters the sheep, uh, catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I am known by my sheep, and am known by, I know my sheep and am known by my sheep. Going back up to uh, verse 12 there, it's talking about the hireling. The hireling is one who does not own the sheep which indicates that there is an owner of the sheep. The hireling has just been hired to watch over the sheep for a little while while the owner is away or, or, or something of that sort. But he has no, he's not invested. I mean, he gets a little bit of pay for what he does, but they're not his sheep. If the sheep, uh, something happens to the sheep, no big deal. He'll still draw whatever pay he received, and then he'll go back to his house. It's no big deal. But to the owner of the sheep, See, the sheep are a big deal to him because they're his property. And not only property, but family. I've got, I've got two cats now. I've never been a cat person in my life until the last two years. But I've got two cats. I've got one here and I've got one that lives in Lordstar in both of our places. So um, whenever I come home here, my, my little kitten is there. And, of course, i got to kick it out of the way to get in that. You know, I treat it badly, but it really does mean a lot to me, okay? He wants to get in the house, you know, and I don't want him in the house. I kick him out. But, but every morning I get up and I try to make sure he's fed and I pet him up a little bit and that sort of thing. And we go out to Lordstar and we've got a, a, an old cat out there. And I sit down in the chair and she wants to jump in my lap. So I let her get in my lap and then I'll start petting her and then she'll start clawing. And, I, you know, I have to move her around a little bit, but I really love the cats. They're special to me because they're my cats. You know, I don't tell everybody I love them. I don't tell them I love them. I don't want them to know it or take it for granted uh, or take advantage of me, but they really do mean a lot to me, and they're just cats. Imagine 
the creator of your soul. How much he cares for you. How much he would love for you to jump up in his lap and, and, and be able to love on you that way. How special are you to the one who created you and wants the best for you? You see, that's what he does for us. He protects us from the evil one. He's not a hireling that's just going to run the first sign of trouble. He wants to make sure that you're provided for. He wants to make sure that you're guided. He wants to make sure that you understand the best way for you. And the best way for you is to submit to him because he wants to protect you in all things. He is our protector. The owner of the sheep wants the best for the sheep because when the sheep prosper, he prospers. The enemy doesn't care about the sheep. As a matter of fact, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy anything that is of the shepherd. So going back to Psalm 23, listening to what the psalmist wrote there, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your power, your authority, your rule comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What a beautiful phrase that is. Think about that for just a moment. Your enemies might be present, but they can't touch you because you're at the master's table enjoying the feast that the master has provided and the enemy has no authority, no power to touch you. We follow the shepherd because not only does he provide for us, but he protects us. Not only does he make sure that we have, uh, he has a goal for us in mind, providing for us all the way, but protecting us along the way. The shepherd is our protector. And then going back, of course, to John chapter 10, listening to the last words, or last few words that Jesus speaks of this, starting in verse 10, verse 10 and 11, and then going to, to finish out verse 15. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The shepherd is our salvation. Looking at verse 15, the end of verse 15, and, and the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay my, down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. The shepherd is our salvation. He knows his sheep and is known by his sheep, as it says in verse 14. But then it says in verse 11 that he gives his life for us. In verses 15, 17, and 18, it says that he lays down his life for us. The same idea, same principle. He is the sacrifice for our salvation. 
He lays down His life so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. You see, life without the life is only living. Life with the life is abundant living. Living for a purpose, living for the protector, living for the betterment of the flock, living for the shepherd is true life. Can I be honest with you? I've lived in both flocks. I've lived among the sheep now for a long time, praise God. (laughs) But I ran with the goats for a while. Let me tell you which side of the fence the grass is greener on. You know, I don't have to say it. Because if you find yourself on the other side of the fence, that's where all the briars are. That's where all the thistles, that's where all the enemies are. And there's nothing holding them back. But let me tell you where the blessings are. Was when you get into the pasture of the good shepherd. When you are a part of his flock. You see, not only does he show you the way, but he protects you along the way. And then... In the end, He provides you with everlasting life. Going back to Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, the good shepherd desires not only to provide for you here and now, but his pasture, his kingdom, his everlasting life is provided for you when you accept him as your shepherd. When you Follow Him. When you give up the driver's seat and become a passenger, allowing God to lead, guide, protect, and provide for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice for our sins. Thank you that you loved us so much that nothing could keep you away from sacrificing your life in order to give us life. You laid down your life willingly, and then you took it back up in power and authority. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be your sheep. For those that are sheep and that are following you, praise you, Lord. Grow them, strengthen them to walk closely with you, hearing your voice and always following. For those who are hard-headed, stiff-necked, and want to still go their own way, Father, I ask for you to rebuke them. I pray for you to 
reprimand them and draw them back into the fold. But Father, there may be some here that are not part of your sheep, that have, have not been saved, have not received your salvation. Father, I pray that they will choose you today. You're in charge of this time, Father. This is your invitation. And I ask for you to accomplish your purpose, your will in it. In Jesus' name, amen.